There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Brad Yates is known internationally for his creative and often humorous use of emotional freedom techniques, otherwise known as EFT. Brad is the author of the best-selling children's book, The Wizard's Wish, the co-author of the bestseller Freedom at Your Fingertips, and a featured expert in the film The Tapping Solution. He's also been a presenter at a number of events, including Jack Canfield's Breakthrough to Success, has done tele-seminars with The Secret stars Bob Doyle and Dr. Joe Vitale. Brad also has over a 1,000 videos on YouTube that have been viewed over 33 million times. In this episode, Brad helps us to understand EFT techniques, how he got into tapping, his background as a performer in the circus and on Days of Our Lives, and a live tapping session to ease stress. I hope you enjoy the laughs and profound insights I got to share with Brad. Welcome, Brad, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Now, I'm so excited to connect with you today because um, you're, you're a bit of a, a bit of a pro when it comes to uh, emotional freedom, and um, you have worked alongside some of the greats in the industry. Um, for people who haven't heard of you and don't know what you do, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, basically what I do is help people change their minds so that they can feel better, do better, and live better. And the way I primarily do that is with a technique called emotional freedom techniques, or simply known as tapping. And for those who are not familiar with it, it is actually literally a process of tapping with our fingertips on our face and torso. And if you are new to this, I totally get that it (laughs) sounds crazy and it looks weird, but, uh, but it's very effective in calming down stress. And when you consider that stress is at the root of most, if not all of the issues that trouble us, then having this simple technique for lowering stress is profound in all kinds of areas of life. Yeah. And you make it sound so simple, can I just say? <laughs> and it can be, can't it? it? It, And that's what throws some people off is it's when you look at how many things it can be effective with, and then you tell people, oh yeah, we're just going to tap around, you know, eight points on our face and body. It's like, that's too simple. Mm. But, you know, that's the way our body is designed. The, this process downregulates that stress response. And, you know, so many of the things that, that cause us distress and limit our ability to experience greater health, wealth, and happiness are, are tied to stress mm. and, and also the avoidance of stress. You know, we look at, oh, 
unconsciously will look at having more money or being healthier or being in a relationship, whatever it might be, as stressful. And so our unconscious mind, even without us knowing it, is avoiding that situation. Mm. And because we're afraid that we can't handle it. And by doing this and just using this process that uh, that allows us to relax and look at things and feel safer as we look at things, it just opens up so many possibilities for us. Yeah, and I know um, I've spoken with other guests on the show around the power of the mind and really um, the mind alone can do so much, can't it, like when we let it? I, it's We don't even know how much, you know, there are people who talk about, you know, what what is really possible. And we can look at people and see things that, that people are doing and experiencing. And for so many of us, it's like, this, this just doesn't fit my model of what's possible. How on earth are you doing that? Mm. It's like the mind can do that if it has the freedom to do that. Mm. But, you know, we have this electric fence around our comfort zone. And we like, don't, don't mess with that. Don't, don't go past that. And so we don't allow ourselves to experience what the mind can do for us. Yeah. And I guess that leads us into, you know, that, that mind body connection. And, and when you do uh, try tapping for the first time, um, is it something that, um, I don't, I know I've done it, but, uh, for those that haven't, um, you know, is it, do you really just need to surrender and believe in the process? And that's the great thing about it is it doesn't require belief because we're just using the way the body is designed. Mm. You have to be willing to believe enough that you're actually willing to do it. You know, there has to be, if, if we you so insist that it's not going to work and you refuse to do it, then obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but there isn't a, there isn't a belief thing of, well, you know, if I wish and think hard enough, then the tapping will help me just tapping along. And the way that I do, it's a very intuitive process of coming up with different things to say, to try to evoke the, um, the shift that we want in our, in our thoughts and our feelings. And you talk about mind body, this is it's like the ultimate mind body technique. Mm. We're using both the mind and the body at the same time. But uh, yeah, just, just doing this process, it, it, like the Heimlich maneuver. Mm. You don't have to believe anything. Yeah. It's going to make your body do something to help you release what's no longer serving you. Yeah. So there's an actual science behind it in that it's all connected to our meridian points, right? So that's where it was originally based. It mm. was the, Dr. Roger Callahan was a psychologist working with a woman with a water phobia and had been expanding his horizons and was taking a course in acupressure and she said that the fear came up for her as a knot in her stomach. And he said, Oh, well, I've been learning this. There's this meridian point under the, um, under the eye for uh, the stomach that's associated with the stomach. Let's see if we can just tap there and see if we can release some of the knot in your stomach. And not only did the knot in her stomach went, go away, the lifelong fear of water went away. Wow. That's what we call a one minute wonder. And it doesn't usually happen quite that, that quickly where, a lifelong phobia is gone in, in a moment. But so he started experimenting and tapping different points based on what he had learned about the acupuncture system. Now, there are, uh, there are other theories of how it works in terms of sending bioelectrical signals to the brain to calm down the flight or, uh, fight or flight response. There is a growing body of research in terms of the, the polyvagal system this vagus nerve that runs from the brainstem down um, through the body and connects different organs and regulates emotion. Uh, just 
just south of you down in uh, in Gold Coast, uh, my good friend, Dr. Peter Stapleton at Bond University. She's a psychology professor at Bond University and is one of the leading researchers in EFT and has been working with Dr. Stephen Porges on the relationship between um, EFT and the polyvagal system. So there's a growing body of evidence and she's done fMRI studies where we can see the changes in the brain activity. So while many of us for years have just gone, yes, we know that when we tap, we feel better Mm. (laughs) and we're able to change our mind and and make shifts and changes in our lives. There is a growing body of uh, scientific research showing Yes, it's not just that you think you feel better. We can see the difference in the brain scan. We can study things like cortisol levels. Mm. So cortisol being one of the stress hormones that comes up when we go into fight or flight. And we can measure how much cortisol is in the system before the tapping and then how much is there afterwards. And in um, double-blind, you know, gold standard research studies, the groups doing the tapping have a dramatic drop in cortisol. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really exciting to have this scientific research so that when people look at it and say, you look like you're crazy, it's like, <laughs> yes, but I have science backing this up. So. <laughs> so you've done like tapping with people all around the world, um, you know, and worked alongside some of the greats like Gabby Bernstein, Dr. Joe Vitale, uh, heaps more. Um, what kind of change have you seen in people through tapping? Yeah, it's really exciting to see some of the shifts. And again, some of them happen very quickly where I might be working with someone on a traumatic memory from childhood. And sometimes in a, in a matter of moments, they can look back and say, oh, it's like watching a movie. I don't feel any emotion around that. Mm. And again, it, it doesn't always happen that quickly. Sometimes it takes longer because there are maybe other memories that are associated so it might take longer to work through those things. Uh, with physical issues, sometimes we see people with physical pain and it can drop dramatically sometimes. Sometimes it's just a matter of, well, I feel a little bit easier. I've got a little bit more range of motion. And sometimes I, I was teaching this at a health fair uh, years ago and somebody was experiencing some back pain and they said, yo, it's like an eight out of 10 in terms of how painful it is. And we did some tapping and said, Oh yeah, I think I feel better. And they left and they came back about two hours later and said, so I don't know if you know this in another part of the park, there's a dance floor and we've been over there dancing. What the heck did you do? (laughs) (laughs) Because this person was able to dance. They felt so much um, freedom Uh, with financial things, people allowing themselves to, make connections, business connections that they hadn't made before because they were afraid of talking to certain people, people allowing themselves to make more money because they were clearing up beliefs about why they couldn't or shouldn't have a, a bigger income. So it's it's been very exciting in all kinds of different areas of life to see where people allow themselves to change their minds about what's possible for them. Mm, and you often refer to it as emotional acupuncture without the needles. Um, and I guess that's a great way to explain it to people who, who've never experienced it. Um, is it something that you find, as you've mentioned there, that you need to do on a consistent basis to get real results? It certainly helps to do it consistently. I personally recommend tapping on a daily basis mm-hmm. because to me it's energy hygiene. Yeah. 
We have physical hygiene, which we do on a regular basis. Most of us brush our teeth and, and take a shower on a daily basis, whether we need it or not. Mm. Most of us don't wait until the people around us are holding their <laughs> nose and then go, oh, that's right, I haven't taken a shower in two weeks. I should probably get on that. But with stress, most of us don't have a practice for cleaning the stress. Mm. And so we do let it build up to the point where there are some unfortunate consequences. Mm. So by doing this on a regular basis, we can keep that stress, you know, as clear as possible. You know, most of us are walking around with a device that's constantly giving us yeah. uh, things to be stressed out about. And yet we're not. So that's like constantly getting your hands dirty, but not ever washing your hands. <laughs> oh, what a great way to look at it. Yeah. Wow. So, so it's, it can't, certainly you can wait until, oh, something's really bothering me. Now I should go do some tapping and, and clear that out. You know, just like with, with taking showers, you know, if you take a shower in the morning and then you go and you work out at the gym and you're all sweaty, you don't go, well, I've already taken a shower today, so I'm not <laughs> going to take it. <laughs> you use as needed, but, uh, but I definitely recommend doing, doing at least some every day. Now, how on earth did you get into this, Brad? I mean, you know, um, you say on your website um, that you're a grown man tapping your face for a living, but I mean, how did you how did you get into this? I, I know you've got an acting background. You've been on Days of Our Lives. Um, I, I saved Sammy's life on Days of Our Lives, yes. I'm not a doctor, but I played one on TV. Uh, and um, you, you've had circus training as well. Tell us about that. Yes. I am a graduate of Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Clown College. Incredible. It was it was an amazing experience. Uh, you know, two months of spending every day in makeup and juggling and unicycle riding and throwing pies and things like that. I and that came about while I was an actor. I was I had traveled the world doing children's theater. I, I even performed at the Victoria Arts Center in Melbourne, and then I was. Uh, I decided at one point it's time to go to Hollywood and become a movie star, you know, as one does. Yeah. And, uh, and while I was there, I met this woman, fell in love, got married. And, uh, and just, just after meeting her, uh, got accepted to clown college because, <laughs> you know, why not? <laughs> and so, hey honey, we're having a great relationship. I'm going to go for two months and be a clown. <laughs> Um, literally running is, away with the circus. Yeah, literally. Well, <laughs> so at the end of clown college, they have, they offer contracts to some of the people to go on the road yeah. and take a year long contract. And I, I had been chosen to be the MC, one of the MCs in the, and one of the featured performers in the big show for the producer of Ring Brothers. And I said to that morning of the show, I said to the director, look, here's the deal. <laughs> I, you know, I am in a serious relationship. Uh, I don't want to spend the next year <laughs> on the train. <laughs> and he goes, well, you signed a contract. Um, fortunately, I was not the kind of clown they were looking for for that show. Mm. They they asked me to come in and um, do some other things. But I, so I didn't didn't spend the next year on the train, but, uh, but I did get married. And when our first child was on the way, I thought... I might need a backup job to help support my family because mm. <laughs> I, even though I'd played a doctor on television, it wasn't quite uh, the salary of the doctor and I wasn't making quite enough to, at that point to support a family. So I thought I'd always been fascinated by the power of the mind. And I saw an ad for a hypnotherapy school. I thought, Hey, that would be really cool. 
So I trained to become a hypnotherapist and started a small practice. And so I was doing the hypnotherapy and pursuing my acting career at the same time. And then a couple of years later, when our second child was on the way, I realized as much as I love acting, this personal development work is really what I'm called to. Mm. This, this is what I'm here for is helping people make these shifts so that they can live a better life. And we left Los Angeles to move up to Northern California to be closer to our families. And through some other hypnotherapists, I heard about this energy psychology and this tapping stuff. Mm. And there's this conference going on in Las Vegas. And I thought, sure, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so I went and took a, a day-long workshop with Gary Craig, the founder of EFT. Mm. And he's having us tap on our faces. And and like I said, for those of you who are new to tapping, I know it looks a little weird. <laughs> Remember, I'd already been to clown college at this point. So, you know, <laughs> anything was, on the was not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'll tap on my face. And particularly when he had everyone, um, gave everyone a piece of chocolate and said, okay, on a scale of zero to 10, how much do you want that chocolate? And I was a bit of a chocoholic at the time. And I'm like eight, nine. Mm. And we just tapped for, you know, a minute or two. I could not eat the chocolate. Wow. I did not eat chocolate for two years after that. Whoa. Now, now, don't worry, Bindi. I got better. Oh, I God. Recovered. Yes, thank, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> but but now I can take it or leave it. I, I, like, I've been on a sugar fast now for several weeks now, and it's it's not a willpower thing. It's just I just clear the desire, mm. and, and it's, you know, best way to deal with food cravings is just – you know, clear the desire so that you can sit there and have, if other people are having it, it's like, great, have at it. But I'm, I, it just doesn't interest me at the moment. Mm. So that having that kind of experience with the tapping in that moment really, uh, you know, really let me know, okay, there's something to this. So after that conference, I went back and I think with my next hypnotherapy client, like at the last five minutes of our session, I said, you know, we've got five more minutes. There's this thing I want to try with you and, and did some tapping. And little by little, they became tapping sessions with a little bit of hypnosis at the end. Incredible. My main tool. Amazing. And, you know, you, you talk there about, um, you know, cravings, uh, you know, which can lead to addictions. You also um, trained in Sacramento Drug Court as well. I, I had the opportunity to teach a tapping course at Sacramento Drug Court for people who were coming out of jail for drug offenses and had to go through a court-mandated recovery program. Mm. And they had people teaching yoga and they were doing acupuncture and Tai Chi and all these different things, mind-body stuff to help people with their recovery process. And I had met the person running the program and said, would you teach an EFT course? I said, sure. And it was it was very interesting because this was a very different crowd than my mm. usual clients, yeah. <laughs> you know, and these people who had been, you know, had tough lives and were coming out of jail and I come in and it's like, so tap on your face. <laughs> <laughs> and not everybody was excited about it, but you know, every so often there would be people who were just, they'd allow themselves to, to get into it and they'd be like, Oh man, this stuff works. It's like, that's why I'm here. This mm. is not just, you've been to jail. You're a bad person. We're going to punish you by making you tap on your face and look like an idiot for an hour every <laughs> week. <laughs> so that was, that was very rewarding. I did that for about three years. 
Incredible. Now, Brad, there's a question I love to ask every guest on the show and I'm keen to hear your response. If you would have defined for me what being ethical means to you, what would it be? It would doing what you feel is right. And, and it's tricky because, you know, you can, it doesn't take much effort to look around the world and see that a lot of people have some very mixed ideas about what's right, Mm. you know, and, and that's why there are so many boards of ethics because like, all right, we can't trust everybody to have our same standards of ethics. So here's what the ethics are. Here's what's right. And ideally at the core I think that we know what's right when, when we move beyond fear and uh, all those, you know, people talk about negative emotions. I don't believe they're negative emotions. There are uncomfortable emotions, Mm. but every, all emotions are part of the human experience, but the uncomfortable ones can lead us to behave in ways that are not good for ourselves or others. Mm. And so when we, you know, we talk about ethics being, well, do no harm, mm. but we have, you know, based on the pain that we have, the trauma that we might have, we might have a very slippery slope in terms of what we think is, is okay and right. You know, and certainly we can look at social media and go, mm. yeah. <laughs> how did that person think that was right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't there a board of ethics that was supposed to stop that person from doing that thing? Especially, you know, if it's someone in public office, it's mm. like, wait, isn't there an ethics board that, you know, but I think as we, as we clear that, and, you know, hopefully that's what I do with my work is help people clear those fears such that we're not compelled to behave in unethical ways, because why would we, Mm. there's a part of us that wants to, to do good and, and not do harm. And that's um, an interesting point that you make there, Brad, and I've had a very similar discussion with other guests around emotions and how we're led to believe that there are good and bad emotions and, you know, that, uh, you know, we should always be experiencing the good ones. Um, but that's not how life works, is it? <laughs> we come here for the, the, the spectrum of human emotion. I mean, if that was the case, why do people read Jody Picoult novels? Mm, yeah. You know, they're, those are tear jerkers. <laughs> see my wife and she'd be reading them. It's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> why do people go to horror movies? I yeah. don't particularly like to be scared, but, um, but people enjoy experiencing these emotions. We like to feel things. We watch movies and read books and, and experience things. It's much easier if it's fictional, but you know, there it, it can be said, okay, but, the realities we know it is fiction. You know, we're, mm. we're spiritual beings having a physical reality. This is just a, a, a movie, a play, all the world a stage, et cetera. And we, ex- we come here for some drama mm. and, and, and for some conflict. The, the tapping is not about, oh, that's a bad feeling. Let's get rid of it as soon as possible. It's about, okay, I want to process this. There's something I'm supposed to get for this. There's some reason why I'm feeling this but I want to process this and get what I'm supposed to have out of it and not stay in the discomfort as longer than need be. Mm. You know, I don't come up to someone who's just lost a loved one and say, Oh, let's tap on some grief, get rid of that bad feeling. Yeah. Cause it's not a bad feeling. It's like, this is, this is part of the, the human experience, but we don't want to have, we don't want to have it stop us. Mm. And we want to clear the excess emotion that, that 
is uh, stopping us from being able to live our lives. Mm. So it's really just living that that human experience, isn't it? <laughs> a- absolutely. You know, as as painlessly as possible, but not expecting that, you know, people will say, I want to be happy 24-7. I said, boy, you picked the wrong <laughs> job being a human being. <laughs> That is, that is just not in the job description. Now we can, I have a friend who talks about being 88% happy, you know, and there's, uh, you know, being reasonably happy as, as, as often as possible and, and definitely striving. I want to be as happy as often as possible, but setting up that expectation of it's going to be all the time everywhere. It's like, well, then I may not grow very much, Mm. but, but, but we want to process the emotion rather than just sitting and going, oh, this is miserable. And that, and that throws a lot of people when we do EFT, because in, in the basic version of EFT, when we look at, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this stress or I'm, I'm feeling really sad about this thing that just happened, or I'm really angry at Bob because of this stupid thing that he did. And so we say, okay, so you're going to tap on the side of your hand and say, even though I'm really sad about this thing. And the people go, well, no, no, we don't talk about the sadness. Talk <laughs> about the happiness. Okay. So if you break your arm, are you going to go to the doctor and say, let's talk about my leg. My leg <laughs> feels really good. I just want to talk about how good my leg feels. <laughs> you have to address it. Mm. If your dog poops on your carpet, you don't go, I'm just going to look at where the carpet <laughs> is clean. Because one, you're kidding yourself because part of your brain is very much focused on the poop. Mm. Yeah. And two, if you're in denial, you're going to step in and spread it around. It's not the same. This is not about you're sitting down on the couch, looking at the poop and going, oh, my life is miserable. There's poop mm. there. It's not sitting in it and just, you know, stewing in your discomfort. It's about addressing it, saying, oh, this is here. This is something that needs to be dealt with. Mm. Oh, I'm feeling some fear. Oh, I'm feeling some anger. I'm feeling some sadness. What's going on there? What are the thoughts that I'm having that's contributing to this? It's not about, oh, just get rid of the feeling because that's what, you know, so much medication is just numbing mm. the feeling and not dealing with what's there. Mm. So this is a matter of, no, I want to process this and look at what's there and find out, is this something I need to hang on to? And I can certainly choose to experience this emotion, but I can also choose to look at what's there and what's really going to serve me. And it's really having that consciousness, isn't it? Like of, of acknowledging what's going on and and dealing with it. Because um, I think that's where some of the greatest healing comes from is just acknowledging what's happening for you and dealing with it and and reacting differently next time. Yeah, and we're so afraid that we can't handle it that we don't want to look at it. It's like mm. I just want to I want to yeah. ignore it, and that's when you know so often people can turn to, uh, you know, drugs or Mm. alcohol or something like that. um, Because I just, I don't want to deal with that pain because it's stressful because it it feels threatening to look at that. And that's where tapping can be so effective because it calms down the stress and it allows me to feel safer while I look at, here's the poop that's on the carpet. I don't have to run away from it. I don't have to pretend it's not there. I can allow myself to calm down that stress response and look at it and go, what am I so upset about? Mm. Dog pooped. Dogs poop. You know, it's going to, it's going to poop somewhere. I'm going to have to clean it up somewhere. It's <laughs> yeah. on the carpet. All right. So it might take a little bit harder. It's a little harder to clean it out of the carpet than it is out, off the pavement outside. But why am I getting so upset? Mm. <laughs> and so it gives us that, that ability to look at those things that we're avoiding 
And it's those things that we're avoiding that so often limit our lives because mm. by allowing ourselves <laughs> to look at that stuff and process it, it creates these, these opportunities for life at a level that most of us don't allow ourselves to experience. Yeah, exactly. Now, Brad, while I've got you here, can you share with us a tapping tip for someone who wants to get started in, in tapping? Uh, simplest tip is go on YouTube and watch a video. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can do a tapping round right now if you'd like. Yeah, right. Eh? Then uh, perfect. So what do you want to tap on? Oh, gosh, where do we start, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can, we can do it. You know, we were, we were talking earlier about the, the pandemic and, and the mm. stress that people okay. are experiencing about different things. So let's just take a, a, just a basic stress thing. Mm-hmm. So what I'll invite folks to do is close your eyes, take a deep breath, and just following your breath for a moment, just allowing yourself to be present. And allow yourself to be aware of any stress that you might be experiencing right now. It could be related to the pandemic, could be related to travel, could be related to anything. It could be, you know, a date that you have coming up. It's like, oh, it's a blind date. Well, I like this person. It could be about uh, some project at work. Whatever it might be, just allow yourself to be aware on a scale of zero to 10 how much stress you might be feeling and where in your body you might be feeling it. You know, so yeah, rating that stress, scale zero to 10. Allow yourself to be aware of any thoughts, beliefs, or memories that might contribute to that feeling. Take a deep breath, open your eyes. So the first thing we do is we take our uh, fingertips or index and middle finger and gently tap on the side of the opposite hand. And we'd say, even though I feel this stress, I choose to love and accept myself. Even though, hang on, what did you say? <laughs> yeah. Even though I feel this stress, I choose to love and accept myself. Even though I feel this stress, I choose to love and accept myself. So we repeat that three times and we're just setting it up such that acknowledging that I have this feeling and I choose to accept myself even though I'm feeling this. Because so often we fight our emotions. You know, I shouldn't be feeling that. Mm. So it's allowing ourselves to say, even though I feel this, I accept myself. So we'd repeat that three times. Even though I feel the stress. Even though I feel this stress, I love and I accept to, myself. I choose to love and honor accept myself. Then we will go to uh, the eyebrow point. So right at the beginning of your eyebrow, right near the middle of your face, and gently tap in there, and generally between five and ten times, but it's not a, an exact number. And we'd say, all the stress. All the stress. On the side of your eye. So follow your eyebrow out to the corner of your eye. All the stress. All the stress right under the middle of your eye, just above your cheek, all this stress. All this stress. Right under your nose, just above your upper lip, all this stress. All this stress. Now right below your lower lip, just above your chin, all this stress. All this stress. Next point is uh, what we call the collarbone point. So if you feel where your collarbones just about come together, there's a little U-shape at the base of your throat. Yep. And you can all, use all of your fingertips or even make a fist and tap over that area right there. All this stress. All the stress. Next point is about four inches below your armpit. So it's right about bra strap level, and I'm sure even the guys listening can figure <laughs> out what that is. All this stress. All the stress. And then finally, the top of your head. So just tapping with all of your fingertips around a little circle around the crown of your head. All this stress. All the stress. And you take a deep breath. 
let it go. And then you check again and say, okay, now on a scale of zero to 10, how much is that stress? It's like a zero, and, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, even, even with just that simple, um, that's the, the very basics, uh, basic way of doing EFT is by just repeating that same phrase. Now, tap the eyebrow point. All this stress. All stress. Side of the eye. All these reasons for feeling stress. All these reasons for feeling stress. Under the eye. All this fear. All this fear. Under the nose. Because, because all of this stress. All this stress. Under the mouth. Has some fear related to it. Has some fear related to it. Collarbone. So what am I so afraid of? So what am I so afraid of? Under the arm. What's going on in my life? What's going on in my life? Top of the head. That I consider a threat. That I consider a threat. Eyebrow point. Is it a physical threat? Is it a physical threat? Side of the eye. Will it affect my physical well-being? Will it affect my physical well-being? Under the eye. Is it an emotional threat? Is it an emotional threat? Under the nose. Is it a threat to my ego? Is it a threat to my ego? Out of the mouth. Which part of me says is life-threatening? Which part of me says is life-threatening? And so my body is responding. And so my body is responding. As though it's a life-threatening situation. As though it's a life-threatening situation. Top of the head. And I'm allowing myself to calm that down. And I'm allowing myself to calm that down. Highbrow point. I choose to be open to the possibility. I choose to be open to the possibility. Side eye. That it's okay to release this stress. That it's okay to release the stress. Out of the eye. I can process this fear. I can process this fear. Out of the nose. And that's not going to make me stupid. That's not going to make me stupid. I don't need fear to keep me safe. I don't need fear to keep me safe. I can feel peace. I can feel peace. Under the arm. And still make really good choices. And still make really good choices. Top of the head. So it's safe for me to release the stress. So it's safe for me to release the stress. In body, mind, and spirit. In body, mind, and spirit. And take a deep breath. So that's just a, a taste of what I, how I like to do it, of just starting to explore what might be going on there. And, and then in my tapping rounds, some of them will go. I've done tapping rounds that have gone 30, 40 minutes just because the that's ideas amazing. keep coming through yeah. me of... Oh, it might be about this. Oh, talk about this. It might be about this. And just sort of, you know, turning over all those rocks and seeing what's underneath and going, oh, that might be what's causing the stress. And now that I'm tapping through that, I can release that mm. and go into the situation much more open-minded. And, you know, we have this belief that if, if I'm not feeling fear, I, I'm not going to protect myself. Mm. But Hey, you know, most of us cross the street and we, we look for the crosswalk signs and we watch traffic. We look both ways, especially if we're in a foreign country like Australia and people are driving <laughs> on the wrong side of the road and we don't know where they're coming from. And, uh, but we don't sit there and stand on the corner of the street and go, all right, now I need to work myself up into a mm. good panic so that I make sure that I get safely across the street. And in fact, the panic tends to shut down the prefrontal cortex, our rational mind, and we make worse choices. Mm. So by letting go of the stress and feeling more peace, we're much more likely to make much better choices. Yeah. And you know what, Brad, just after just doing that with you, I feel relaxed yet energized. Like uh, there's no stress happening here. <laughs> Excellent. 
Excellent. And the funny thing is, if I'd asked you before the interview, so Bindi, how, how relaxed do you feel? How much stress do you feel? You'd probably go, I'm, I'm feeling fine. Mm. And I, I've done this a lot of times with interviews and the, the person will, you know, feel fine. But after the tapping, it's like, I feel even better now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is we have this ambient stress mm. most of the time that we're not aware of. And we're just like, that's just life. Mm. We just expect this ambient amount of stress as though we would walk around with a certain level uh, amount of dirt on our hands and go, I don't need to wash my hands. That's a, that's a normal amount of dirt on my hands. Mm. And here yeah. I was thinking I was the most Zen person around, Brad, you know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, when we first got on the call, it's like, this is possibly the most Zen person I have ever met. Yeah. See? <laughs> <laughs> and yet here is, there's a whole other level of Zen. You just got to. There you go. Whole new level. <laughs> Now, Brad, if people want to find out more about you and get in touch, how can they do that? Uh, thank you. The simplest way is to go to my website, tapwithbrad.com. But it's also Tap With Brad on social media and particularly on YouTube where I have over a 1,000 tapping videos now. Brilliant. Um, and, yes, I highly recommend uh, jumping on YouTube and checking those out. Now, before I let you go, Brad, I've got the last big question for you. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? The change is seeing people experience more peace. So I have my, my little blue wristband that says cultivate peace. Mm. And uh, that's what I feel my job is. Mm. You know, um, I start most days tapping while saying, thank you for making me an instrument of peace, just like the St. Francis prayer. Mm. And uh, because when people experience peace, they don't want to hurt other people. <laughs> yeah, generally. <laughs> and uh, so that's that's why I, I make the videos. Uh, you know, they're on all kinds of different subjects, but ultimately they're about clearing fear and anxiety so that we can feel peace. And and from that place, we just want to do as much good as possible. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Brad, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the ethical evolution. I have loved every single minute. Thank you so much. Likewise, Mindy. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. 
This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.